Welcome back. Thank you for joining me in this journey of pursuing Jesus together. Week one, we started off with trust. A lot of us have trusted Jesus with our eternal security, but it's hard to trust Jesus with different aspects of our lives. And in fact, there are things that we hold on to and we need to build in that relationship with Jesus and pursuing him that allow us to surrender different things in our lives. And that was week two. Week two was all about surrender. So as we're pursuing Jesus, we have to learn to trust him, but also surrender to him the things that are holding us back. And then week three, we learned about learning to think like Jesus. So what does that mean? Like learning to think like Jesus. And specifically, we talked about how our thoughts change as we seek Christ. The things that we used to seek in the flesh no longer please us the closer we get to Christ. And this week, we're going to be talking about fun. So what does it all mean together? I remember as a kid, sitting in youth group just like yourself, I I would probably be the cool kid, right? In the back corner, I'd crack a few jokes, try to make people laugh because that was my idea of fun. But when it came to doing like the activities and other things, I may have struggled a little bit because I really cared about what people thought of me. And if it meant making a fool of myself, I was like, nah, no thank you. That's not for me. But as I matured and as I got a little bit older and I wanted to have a little bit more fun and enjoy the process along with everybody else. I started to get out of my comfort zone a little bit. You know, as I matured in my relationship with Christ as well, I started to care less about how people think about me, I should say, because I still care a little bit about what they thought, but I didn't care about how they thought it or how they formulated their thoughts uh, against who I am or what I'm doing. And I started to be able to make a little bit more of a fool of myself. And I say that in saying, I just had fun. I learned to have fun in my relationship with Jesus. Now, you're saying, Chris, what does this have to do with anything fun? Like, how can pursuing Jesus and following him be fun? Well, let me tell you, it is the most fun I've ever had. In fact, I have so much peace and joy inside compared to seeking the flesh and thinking those things were fun. Sure, it satisfied the flesh in a moment or in a season, but it gave no purpose or meaning to my life. And I tell you this because I want to encourage you, you know, it's okay to get up in front of people, have a good time and make a fool of yourself. I say make a fool of yourself. I'm just saying, be yourself, bring your energy, like dive into the situation, get uncomfortable with other people. Because when we get uncomfortable, people usually appreciate that more. Like when you think of people that you like as entertainers or movie stars or musicians, these are not the people that kind of just stick to the script and don't go outside the lines, right? They're the ones that focus in and say, all right, how can I be different? How can I express myself? How can I have fun? And those are usually the people that we like. They're the they're the characters in the movies that kind of go against the story and against the grain that are main characters. They're not the people blending in the background because they don't want to be extra. 
They are extras, but they don't want to be extra. But I see as as leaders and as Christians, you know, we we find unity in Christ, but we all bring different things to the table. We're not meant to just be background pieces in the sense that, oh, well, you know, Jesus does it all, so I'm just going to be back here. No, Jesus encourages you to use your spiritual gifts to expand his kingdom. You know, if I were just to say, I don't want to partake in any of this because it's uncomfortable to me, then what use am I to the kingdom of God? How can I even find satisfaction in being a child of God? I need to find ways to express the spiritual gifts that God has given me. And now I used to struggle with this because I'm like, oh, well, all glory to God. Let's give God all the glory and I'll just play the background over here. I had the right heart, but my actions weren't mimicking what God intended. God wanted me to use the gifts that he's given me to give him glory, not to, hey, God, you get the glory, so I'm just going to stay back here. Like, you'll, you'll do what you need to do. You don't need me. God doesn't want that. He wants obedience. He wants you. He wants you to express your love for him through the gifts that he's given you. So yes, pursuing Jesus is fun. And we started off in the very beginning of the series with trust in Matthew 16, 24. And I'll read it. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. You'll see a trend in these. Uh, and that one was on trust. And then this one was on surrender. Mark 1, 17. Jesus called out to them, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And then in week three, learning to think like Jesus, when Jesus heard his answer, he said, there is still one thing you haven't done. Sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. See, all these, they share a common trend. Come, follow me. In pursuing Jesus, it takes a few steps to get to that point. We have to trust Jesus. If we don't trust him, we'll never surrender those things that hold us back. And we can't think like Jesus if we're thinking in the flesh. And so my story before, I was in that relationship with Jesus, right? I was coming to youth group. I knew Jesus. Um, he was my savior. He saved me from eternal damnation and brought me into a relationship with him. But there were things that I did not want to surrender to Jesus. There were thoughts that I was holding on to in my own personal insecurities that prevented me from being all that I could be for the sake of God. Because God intended me to do so much more with my life than to just hold on to it for myself. So the common idea and trend in this is that God loves you, God wants to use you, and God wants you to pursue him. Galatians 5, through 23 give us a few fruits. So real love for others, that's something that we would all want to aspire for in life, right? A deep sense of joy and gratitude. We all want to have joy, peace, and gratitude, peace in all circumstances. So no matter what comes your way, we want peace. Determination not to give up when things are difficult. We all want to persevere and push on. Sincere kindness towards all people. So we want 
to show Christ-like love to all people and be kind, genuinely being a good-hearted person. You know, everybody wants to have the right intentions and be good to everybody they come across and having real trust in God, not this fictitious trust to say, God, I trust you, but I'm going to take it on myself and do it myself because I also trust myself. No, real trust means surrendering, giving everything to God and the ability to be gentle, you know, to turn away a harsh word and and to return it with gentleness and kindness and the discipline of self-control. And this is the one I think most of us lack, the discipline of self-control, myself included. But self-control, being able to say no to things that could prevent you from living your best life for God. But there's three things that we we focus on, right? We want to trust Jesus. We want to surrender to him. We want to learn to think like him. But as our lives begin to reflect him more and more, we discover that he's been working through us to give us all the things that we really want in life. And those things that we just listed from from Galatians are indeed those things that most of us seek. If we're honest with ourselves, that those are things that we would seek from God. So pursuing Jesus means you learn how to live a delightful life. And I use the word delightful because it comes from the root word light, which the root English word of light, just meaning that in order to have a delightful life, we have to be a light to the rest of the world. Because without that light, I don't think that we can really shine God's grace in our lives and illuminate that to the rest of the world who may not know him. And John 10, 10 is where I want to focus at today, where we're going to be today. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. And that's from the NLT, John 10, 10 from the NLT. Let's read it from the NIV real quick. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Let's read it from two more versions. ESV next. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And then finally in the NIRV, a thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come so they may have life. I want them to have it in the fullest possible way. And I read these verses from different versions just so you can understand a little bit deeper. So John 10, 10 in the NLT says a rich and satisfying life. And then the NIV says a full life. And the ESV says abundant life. And then the NIRV says the fullest possible life. So life in the fullest possible way. It's not saying that we'll have it easy. It is saying that though our life will have purpose. He came so that we can have life and have it with purpose to the fullest potential possible, abundant above our own purposes and our own wants. Instead, God gives us what we need. God gives us everything worth any breath whatsoever. So when we trust and surrender and we think like Jesus, we become a light to everyone around us. That's God's plan. That's God's intention. We become a light for him. But overall, if we are not having fun as Christians, I think we're doing it wrong because it is fun. It is fun being a part 
of a family that loves God. It is fun to show up to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and I know you're like, no, I got to get up and go to church and it takes time out of my, but that's because you're thinking about it wrong. If you truly love God, you truly want to pursue Jesus, you truly want to grow in your faith, you will have fun following Jesus. I never said that it would be easy. God never said that it would be easy, but it will be fulfilling. And ultimately, when you have a full and abundant life, you have so much purpose. You have a reason to get out of bed in the morning. I don't know about you, but I don't wake up in the morning going, I want to be a complete failure today. You know what? I just want to slip up. I want to do all the bad things today. I don't want to seek Jesus at all. I don't wake up like that, and I hope that you don't either. But we're human. We get distracted. Things come along that take our attention away from Jesus. How we pursue Jesus is just to refocus, refresh ourselves every single day. Repent, move on, follow Christ. Because that's the only way we can live to our fullest potential that God has for our lives. We have to deny ourselves Pick up our crosses and follow him. But it takes trust. It takes surrender. And it takes thinking like Jesus. Only then can we have a full, abundant life. Only then can we truly pursue Jesus. But there might be some things that you think, Chris, this is holding me back. Like, I, w I want to pursue Jesus. I really do. I want to pursue Jesus, and I want to push forward, but such and such is holding me back. Maybe, maybe I'm in a bad relationship. You know, like, I surrounded myself with all these people, Chris, and they don't have the same like-mindedness, and I can't, I can't pursue Jesus because all these people are holding me back from living my fullest life with Jesus. Maybe you're struggling with lust. Chris, I want to pursue Jesus, but I'm so distracted. I cannot control my eyes. I have no self-control over my eyes and where they go and what they look at. Or maybe it's your language and your speech. I want to, I want to serve Christ, but every time I, I get around people, I'm just so negative. Like I, I can't find the fullest in life because I don't see it. I think the first step that we have to do is examine ourselves. It's just like in Matthew where you have the log in your eye and the speck in somebody else's. It's easy to look at somebody else and say, hey, listen, they don't have it figured out. But the hardest thing to do is to look inside. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And that applies to every single avenue of our life. You know, when we struggle internally and we struggle with different sin in our lives, and then we focus on ourselves and we get distracted and we serve the flesh and we do things that we don't want to do. It in all actuality holds us back from growing in a relationship with Jesus. But what we should be seeking is Jesus. So the first step is just to go ahead and, and admit your sin to God and just say, hey, God, this is what I'm struggling with. Please help me. The second step would be seeking his advice and his wisdom from the Bible. 
And if you don't know how to do that fully, if you're struggling through that, find myself for another leader and we'd be happy to point you through that. But it also helps to have somebody that you can go to that is discipling you, pouring out into your life. And that's something that I want to talk to you about today. Finding a a disciple that will help you grow or a discipler that will help you grow in your faith. That could be one of these leaders. It could be it could be somebody that you respect that walks rightly with Jesus. But you need to find somebody there for accountability because I found it in my own life to be true, but I grow the best when I have somebody to share my struggles with. Somebody to keep me accountable in my faith to say, hey, Chris, like this part of your life, I think you need to work on a little bit. Maybe work it out and start to surrender these parts of your life to Jesus. Because listen, I, I struggle with things. Some of these leaders in here, they struggle with things. I know that in this world, you will struggle with things. But that's what being a Christian is all about. It's not about isolating yourself because you struggle internally. It's about connecting with other people because we all struggle internally. You know, I've heard it once before one of my friends said, Hey, listen, I don't go to church because you guys are a bunch of hypocrites. And I said, you're right. I get that. You know, we we want to say like, hey, we're doing all the right things. We're coming to church and throwing up our hands and worship and praise and reading Bible verses and trying to memorize scripture and do all these different things as a body of believers. But then we walk out the door and forget everything. Like we can't even tell you what the Sunday sermon was on. On Sunday evening, we get so distracted. On Monday, we're like, what did we learn? Like what Bible, what, what passage were we in? So I get that. But more importantly, I think you're missing the point. We're not special because we're perfect. We're special because God loves us. And we want to do all these things because we also love him. So if you want that and you want a God who cares and loves about you and wants to pursue a relationship with you, there's no better thing in the world than to pursue that relationship right back to him. I hope this message encouraged you today, and I look forward to pursuing Jesus with all of you. If you've made it this far, thank you so much for watching. Click the like button, go ahead and hit subscribe, and smash that bell so you don't miss out on any other future videos. Thank you, God bless, have a great day.